The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of fine pearls, who, on finding one pearl of great value, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was thrown into the sea and gathered fish of every kind. When it was full, men drew it ashore and sat down and sorted the good into containers, but threw away the bad. So it will be at the close of the age. The angels will come out and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes. And he said to them, Therefore every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house, who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is the gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Do you see... That is the reason that none of my friends go to church. If you've ever been unfortunate enough to walk out of church and hear your kids say that, then today's gospel is for you. At the end of this text, Jesus asks a pretty basic question. Hey, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, The Messiah, the Gospel, the Church, and the Last Day. All the stuff that I've been talking to you about for weeks. Do you get it? Do you see how all of this fits together? Old and new, earth and heaven, covenant and kingdom, Messiah and me. Do you understand? The quick answer is, sure. It's easy. Good folks go to heaven and bad folks go to hell. We're the good folks and they are the bad folks. We're in. They're out. It is what it is. Of course, that's not much consolation for those who feel wounded or broken or sinful or ashamed for those who feel out rather than in. And if that's our story, it is no wonder that our kids' friends don't come to church. But one reason to think that it's not the answer is that Jesus just got done telling us seven stories in a row that mostly take the other side. And seven stories in a row suggests that we still have a bit to learn about the kingdom of heaven. The sower, the wheat and the yeast, the mustard seed, the treasure and the pearl, and the net full of fish. Tell us about a Jesus who is so gentle and so loving, so devoted and so compelling, and so relentlessly obedient to his heavenly Father that he would rather die than hold our sins against us. 
So Jesus really isn't the sort of guy who makes snap decisions and then quickly bundles folks up into piles, white hats and black hats, ins and outs. His kingdom is otherworldly, so Jesus often does his work quite differently than we do. The parable of the sower is about a love that is so large it is wasteful. Season after season, this guy scatters seeds everywhere. Not just in the field, but also on the rocks and the path and the thorns, giving everything and everybody everywhere a chance. Yes, when it does not grow, the seed testifies against the rocks and the path and the thorns. Jesus cannot deny his heavenly Father or himself or his work. But the big point is this. Jesus never stops talking even if we stop listening. He loves us and them and everybody, everywhere, all the time, that much. The parable of the weeds is about our patience. And the parable of the yeast is about God's patience. And the point is to make them match. Jesus thinks that we are far too quick to make the call about what's working and what's not, and about who's in and who's out. So we are liable to tear folks up by the roots when things don't go just the way we've planned. But when Jesus plants a field or bakes bread, he tosses in the seed or the yeast and then sits back to wait, trusting the good stuff to naturally bubble up and to do its work. Jesus is patient with us to a fault, and it turns out that patience is a special kind of love. This morning, the parable of the treasure chest and the parable of the pearl is the same story told twice. It goes like this. When Jesus finds somebody that he loves, whether it is one of his children buried in their troubles, but still a treasure, or just lost in the chaos of routine life, but still a one-of-a-kind. Jesus trades all he's got to have that child back. Jesus will even trade his own life to have you back. If we remember that we were lost once and that Jesus found us, that will soften our hearts toward other people. The last story goes something like this. One day, Jesus went fishing. When Jesus went fishing, he used a dragnet. A dragnet is a big net that scrapes the bottom clean and pulls up everything in its path. Hubcaps and eels and old bicycles and anvils and starfish and cod. But when Jesus sits down to sort out the day's catch, 
His standards are not our standards. Jesus sorts by what pleases him. That's what the text says. By what is good, by what is beautiful, by what is fine and what is hoped for, by what is praiseworthy and attractive and remarkably valuable in his eyes. Of course, you and I know enough about the kingdom to know that we don't come by this beauty naturally. The truth is, by nature, we're just like everybody else, wounded and broken and sinful and ashamed. And on the last day, or our last day, whichever comes first, Jesus won't force us to be saved or healed or even to be good. But that's what he's aiming at, of course. Jesus is always aiming at an empty hell. To have everybody in and nobody out. If we will only let him. After all, in every story and in every life, the only way to be good is to be given to. To be given grace, to be forgiven which is not so different, it turns out, from being given seed or time or the freedom of being found. Don't get Jesus wrong, not when he's sowing seed or when he's fishing. A day of reckoning will come. That's how these seven stories start and end. And it will be held to be on the wrong side of that. But we aren't there yet. So let's get busy with heaven, especially toward those who are still so wounded and alone and ashamed and afraid. The kingdom of heaven, says Jesus. Do you see how it all fits together? Do you all get it? Yes, we do. And the whole story goes like this. No matter who you are, you are a child of God. No matter what you've done, Jesus died for that. No matter what you think about yourself, Jesus thinks so highly of you that he is totally invested in you with gloriously wasteful work and a startling patience, with a rigorous search that leaves no one and nowhere behind, and always with a tug into what is good and what is beautiful, and toward a joy that lasts forever. And it's all for you and for everybody else, if only you and they will have it. We have it here again this morning, we have it here every day. Baptism and absolution, Scripture and Holy Supper. But we have it here not just for ourselves. We have it here for others, for all the lost and all the broken, for all the shamed and all the outcast, for everyone, everywhere, all the time. And if we can just put the pieces together the way that Jesus does, 
then maybe we can give your kids' friends a reason to come here and be loved too. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.